Hello. Welcome to another episode of Crime Spree. How's it going, y'all? Do you ever sing a song when I do the countdown to, like, hit record? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Okay, so you know how I do, like, the three, two, one? Yeah. It always makes me think of the opening of Zoe 101, where she's like, ooh, I know you see oh. me standing there. I know I think about Buzz Lightyear saying blast off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's probably I don't better. know why I think about that. But I just like, I sing a lot in my normal day-to-day life. Same. Like I sing to Peaches all the time. So I think that's why I kind of like sing the intro. <laughs> that's sweet. I was watching a TikTok the other day and it was like about Zoe 101 and all the characters on it. And it was like how when you were watching that as a kid, those characters seemed so cool and old and mature. And then you look at it and like, these are literal infants. Yes, I wanted that key necklace so bad. Yes, it was so I wanted and it was literally oh just God. her like room key. I begged, begged my mother to like, you know when you go to Home Depot to get your keys cut? Yes, and you can get like a design okay. on them. I pleaded with this woman to please let me get a key with a design on it. She was like, no. You don't need that. She's like, I'm not it's paying just an extra $1.50 for you to get some clothes. Yes, I had a stupid freaking silver house key. And I wanted, I, I think I painted it with like nail polish because I wanted it to look cool. But I of course it of like chipped. If I ever um, give you a key to my place, it's painted with red nail polish. Really? So you always know it's mine. Yeah. Uh, I only have one, like I have my front door key and then the mailbox key. I have that, and then I have a key to my shed now. But then, like, if I give somebody a spare key to hold on to, like, I always paint. Or, like, the spare key that I keep, like, around my house in case I accidentally get locked out, I paint that red, too. That's a real. I didn't even think about that. Usually when I give people keys, I just give them, like, whatever the copy is. Like, yeah. gold or silver. I used to try to, um, like, color code keys that other people gave me, like... I would try to do something along those lines. It's like, oh, your favorite color is blue. Like, let me paint it blue. But, like, I don't really have blue nail polish. So it works in theory, I just leave but... everybody's – I leave everybody's keys separate. Like, oh, I have, I like, a couple friends' key house keys. Oh, no, because then I'll, like, never be able to tell them apart. I, like – I know where they are in specific spots, oh. but I don't have them, like, on my keychain. Because I don't really, like – I, like, my friends don't really require, like, house sitting in the city. You know what I mean? No, I think it'd be not. different if I lived, like, in a smaller town. Yeah. Also, I'm going to apologize in advance for this crackling sound because I gave Peaches a bully stick so she wouldn't bark during this oh, recording. Sweet Peaches. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to... That's a good idea. Then I wouldn't lose things. <laughs> well, how are you? How was your 4th of July? Um, I didn't do anything. I went to the beach. I look like Bob the Tomato if Bob the Tomato wore a bikini. <laughs> and uh, I went to bed at like 8 o'clock. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I was so tired. I think it's because I, I, I knew the beach was going to be really busy. So I got there at like 7 a.m. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was already packed. It didn't matter. Like I was so lucky to get the spot that I did. But yeah, it was just ridiculously full it's because kids i forgot about kids yeah, they get up so fucking early too, parents are off yes especially stuff. like little little kids who are get they like know they're going to the beach the next day so they wake up at like 6 a.m so they're yeah. so excited um but it was fun i i didn't really do anything i don't really care about america celebrations sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh what did you do <laughs> um i just tried to unpack our house we Okay, so we moved in on Saturday, and we couldn't get hot water turned on until today. So that was pretty rough. Um, We still were cleaning out. We had the whole weekend to be out of our old place because our landlord was Mm -hmm. fixing it up. So he didn't have, like, a new tenant immediately moving in. So we, like, on Sunday, we had to go, like, deep clean the old place. And we both took, like, showers and brought a change of clothes so that we didn't have to go, like, three days without taking a shower. But yeah. I was really bummed because now we, there's a pool in our neighborhood. Um, and I live in like a townhouse now. And so we have an HOA and there's like a pool and it's right in my backyard. And so I was like, oh, we'll just go sit by the pool and like have some drinks and read some books. 
And number one, I had to unpack. Like my house is only maybe 40% unpacked as of right now. Um, and I've really? been here for three days. Yeah, it's just like a mess. That's a lot. No, that's a lot. Oh, I feel like you. when I I move, like the first thing I do is unpack the kitchen because I want to just like have the fridge. That's like obviously exactly you want to put like food. But then the rest of it, I'm like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'll do like one room a day. Yeah, I marked some boxes as like first to unpack and it was stuff like a shower curtain and all of like yeah. shampoo and then it was like bed sheets and so just like essential stuff but then i also have boxes that are last to unpacked i haven't even touched those things they're just piled up that's so the, a lot though i mean if you only moved like five minutes ago thank you i feel like it's insane but it's fine um so yeah i wanted to go to the pool but then it was like i don't have any hot water so i don't know that i necessarily want to go swimming in the pool or sitting in the hot sun and getting all sweaty and then not be able to take a shower when i get home yeah so we scrapped that and it was kind of busy anyways um so i just spent it are there a lot of kids in your neighborhood i don't know i don't get the impression that there would be because i think everything's a two-bedroom townhouse oh okay so it might be like starter homes yeah so i don't feel like there'd be a lot okay or they'd be like really really little if there is probably um but either way i mean i don't really mind kids so i wouldn't be like upset about it like if i went to the pool to go read or something and there were kids playing as long as they weren't being like jerks and purposely like let's see who could splash the lady the most or something that would piss me off but otherwise it doesn't really bother me oh yeah i'm i'm i think there's a couple kids in my building but they're like little kids but they all love peaches it's so cute (laughs) there's like one girl on my floor she lives like two apartments down from me and every time she sees peaches in the hallway she she's lit she's small enough that she doesn't really speak like full sentences yet oh she's just like puppy it's so cute i love that oh and we finished stranger things that was pretty high on our priority list because it came out so i have decided to give stranger things a second chance you should it's so good i just i i just don't like sci-fi yeah. I'm going to do it because everybody and their mom has been like, you're, you're going to like it. Like, you just have to suck it up for, like, the first episode or whatever. Yeah. I'm not – I'll have to say, like, I'm not a big sci-fi person at all. And I really, really like it. And part of it is, like, it does have, like, this nostalgia and, like, this 80s, like, Americana-type feel to it. But it's also just, like, fun. And especially the first couple seasons, I think all the kids are, like, 12 or something. Okay. And so they're just kind of like idiots. And it's just fun to see them just like the things that they're concerned about and playing and, you know, stuff like that. It's it's very entertaining. I like it a lot. You know what I did watch this weekend? Mm-hmm. I watched in like one, one sitting was that Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. <gasps> oh my God. I haven't started. I'm like terrified to start it. It's nuts because i remember it happening because it happened on like the arizona utah border really i didn't know that yeah it happened in this town uh i think it's called short creek arizona i don't really know much about like northern northern arizona Mm -hmm. but i remember this like being on the news yeah and like i remember being like there were so many little kids Cause like obviously they're like they have a million wives right. and they're like just having babies left and right, but it's pretty good. It's the first episode is like the tip of the iceberg and it already crazy stuff is happening. Isn't it about like it's the daughters that come forward mm-hmm. later and it's their story. It's some of the wives. Oh, okay. It's some of the wives and some of the daughters. See, and I like that more because it's less... Like, that's one of the hard things that I hate. It's something that I struggle with a lot with our podcast in and of itself, is that I feel like we have to focus so much on the actual perpetrators. And it's because we're it's not a multi-part miniseries on Netflix where you can focus on the yeah. individual stories. It's like we have to get all of these stories like in one 
hour-long episode. Um, but I, I love when stories get to be focused on the victims or the survivors or, like, it. it's really their story. It's not, like, the piece of shit that hurt them, you know? And it, it's some of the husbands, too. Oh, okay. It's, like, all like kinds of people. No, no, no. You, like, you like everybody and you want them all like you're so glad that they got out the, okay the story do you know the basis of the story he this i know he not like spoiler. split off from the actual mormon church okay so mormons kind of like similar to christianity have the fundamentalists right who like follow the book of mormon to the t and they're yeah. like very modest very conservative like and they believe in polygamy they call it plural marriage mm-hmm. so basically but they don't pick their wives the church assigns men their wives hmm. depending on like their standing in the church like uh their participation how old they are stuff like that like there's all kinds of stuff that like polygamists in general believe but yeah. in this warren jeff's becomes like the leader he he calls himself the prophet of the fundamentalists Mm -hmm. and he starts uh assigning these men like underage girls yeah i knew that part and that they and that's a lot of them wouldn't even know what sex was and they'd be like yeah so a lot of it does talk about like their sexual abuse so if you have like and if you need a trigger warning around that, don't watch it because they bring it up like constantly, obviously. But like if you can't handle it, don't watch it. Um, but it's it's all the people who got out who are like giving their side of the story. Like and it's just fascinating to me because that's literally how cults work. Like they bring mm-hmm. you in being like, you're already part of this religion. Like this is just a new interpretation. Like the the Lord said, let's do it this way. And you're like, oh, well, I grew up in this religion. And like, if the Lord says so, like, I guess so. It's cr- like at some point he tells them they're not allowed to wear the color red. And so they have to like sinful or something? get rid of all their red clothes. They have to cover themselves like from the neck down. Like, they wear, like, long sleeves and pants mm-hmm. under their dresses. Like, it's crazy, dude. Red's my favorite color. That would piss me off so much. It's like he... And then when he takes them to Zion, quote-unquote, he, yeah. like, says they can only only wear pastels, and they have to braid their hair in, like, a certain way. Like, it's very culty. I hate stuff like this because... And we see it a lot in, like, the true crime world because it's... The way this happens is that people become power hungry and they have these yes. fat egos and they think they're smarter and that they're better for everybody than everybody else. And then they just try to feed off of other people's vulnerability. And I hate this. And the other and, thing is, is like those leaders, like they themselves start to believe it. Oh, yeah. They they talk themselves into truly believing yeah. what they're preaching. And it bothers me so much because... Like, I am Christian, and I am involved in a church, and it's, like, the way people get sucked in, up into it is because they're in a vulnerable position, and so where they're seeking some sort of guidance or community, they get taken advantage of in that. And so stories like this and other cults and, like, the, the uh, what's the, is it Josh Duggar who had all the child pornography? Like, oh, I hate yeah, these the, stories because the Duggars, they're using, yeah. like, religion as a manipulation and an excuse and it's like that's not what the purpose of that is meant to be it's supposed to be yes like comfort and community and it just pisses me off as like i'm like and like one person took it too far and yeah and it happens over and over again all throughout history and i'm like you people are giving like this is why this is one of the reasons religion has a bad name and it just oh it pisses me off so much yeah it's very good though i will say it's four parts they're like an hour ish each mm-hmm. i watched the whole thing in one sitting i was like this is fucking <laughs> <Really>? crazy <laughs> yeah yeah because it was like uh i think i watched it saturday uh it was supposed to rain on saturday okay so i came home from the beach and was like because it started getting dark so i was like oh i'll go home early and like this is what i'll do and it was bananas i was not expecting to be sucked into that dang i need to watch it 
You should. It's very good. I highly recommend. I tell Rob about every new docuseries or miniseries that's coming out, and he's like, is that all people are putting out these days? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, Like, I'm not the only freak that likes true crime. (laughs) Which, like, it makes me want, like, a regular show, because there's just so many documentaries, like, coming out left and right. Yeah. And I just want to be like, I don't, I don't want to know things anymore. So, I want to not have yeah, a I thought. Watch Stranger Things, my, it's so good. I think that's why I'm like going to give it another shot because I can't, I can't watch another documentary. Stranger Things also makes me very nostalgic because that was like the first show that Rob and I ever watched together, and I just remember, like that fall, like going over to his place in college, and it would be like kind of cool and like i just when i watch it it takes me back to that like the cool fall air and the smell of his room in college and just where we were in our lives and it was just so like i just miss it so much i'm I'm gonna give it it another shot it's a sweet moment and i i get nostalgic for it i guess i'm gonna give it another shot this weekend is my like chill self-care weekend so i'm gonna see if you just put like four hours in that's half the first season how many seasons are there four there's four the fourth one just came out the third is my favorite okay i think it's i think the third is like the usual crowd pleaser i would argue i'm gonna do it the third i'm gonna do it i swear oh and you know what else i watched what (laughs) throwback to the beginning of this podcast i finally watched the um i love you now die yeah how was it the the actual documentary not the one with um what's her name Elle fanning yeah that okay so how was it Did you i like it? i watched i was disgusted yeah, by this girl like i remember when you were telling me the story i was like fuck this i can't believe this is really happening but like actually watching her in the courtroom I wanted to smack her. Like, I can't believe she was just like, I don't understand why everybody's mad. Like, it was insane to mm-hmm. me. His mom, every interview with his mom and dad, like, just made me want to cry. Yeah. When his dad started crying every time, I, I had to pause it and, like, walk away. Cause There's I one was interview just his mom does, and somebody asks her, like, how do you think she could have done this to your son or something along those lines? And his mom says something to the effect of, I guess some people just don't have a soul. Yeah. Yeah. And she just looks so angry. Yeah. Like, you know, she's going to be angry forever. As she should be. I mean, that's her right. But. Mm-hmm. It's so disgusting. I wonder yeah, what the real she's... Michelle Gard is doing these days. I wish I could, like, interview her, like, ten years from now and ask her what she thinks about it. Yeah. Like, no bullshit. Like, yeah. what do you actually think? Not your, like, plea to the media to be like, I'm just so sorry. Like, I can't believe I was just so young. Like, I want to actually know. Like, are you What was angry? the thought process? Are you bitter? Are you, like, this ruined my life and so now I'm bitter about it? Like, I want to know what you actually think. Yeah. Well, speaking of horrible things, should we talk about some murder? Yes, specifically some Australian murders. Well, I I hope we didn't do the same one. But oh, okay, good. Mine's a murder. Oh, okay, lovely. (laughs) Um, who went first last time? So the last episode was Natalie Wood, which you started. Maybe, but the episode that before that, I went first. So if you would like to start this one or we can end it on a more positive note since yours is just a crime. Yeah, we'll go with yours. You could go first and we'll we'll end a little lighthearted. Okay. We have enough so, crap going on in our world right now. Yes. I'm doing the Claremont Killer. Ooh. Do you know this one? Mm-hmm. So this is this is referred to as the Australian's Golden State Killer. Yeah. I actually did not know um, that. Interesting. Well, oh, so it's referred to that because it's the biggest, most expensive, and longest-running case in Australian history, similar to that of the Golden State Killer. Like, really? they just never... I did not uh-huh. know that. 
I didn't know that either. Like, I knew it was a big case, but yeah. I didn't know it was, like, the big case. I remember listening so, to it on an episode of Crime Junkie one time, and as soon as I finished the episode, I had to go back and re-listen to it, because I was like, what just happened? It's crazy. So, actually, Crime Junkie is one of my sources. I listened to that episode a couple times before I did this. Okay. Um, there's an article from CNN that talks about his trial before sentencing, there's an article um, from the BBC that talks about his uh, life and conviction and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an article from AUS News, like AUS News, okay. um, that talks a little bit about like the sentencing structure of Australia, like how the justice system works there, because it obviously is different from the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Crime Junkie, My Favorite Murder, and then, of course, Wikipedia. Oh my gosh, I only have, like, three sources for mine, so. I, like, it's just because I, when I start doing cases like this, like, I usually will just Google, like, Claremont Killer and mm-hmm. pick, like, the first two articles, but in this one, like, so much more stuff kept happening. Yeah. Like, the way that he gets caught, I, I had to keep reading. Like, I just needed to know what was happening. All right, let's hear it. So, the case begins with the disappearance of 18-year-old Sarah Spears in January of 1996. She was at Club Bayview in the center of the town Claremont, uh, which is in South Perth, Western Australia. It's like a suburb, downtown-y district kind of place. She had been out at night with a couple girlfriends and her older sister, um, and she decided to call it a night. At 2.06 a.m., she calls a taxi from a public telephone booth. At 2.09, the taxi arrives, and she's gone. Her sister is the one who immediately reports her missing because she gets home later that night and realizes she's not there. Um, and her family is the, the police at first are like, well, she's 18. Like, you don't know what happened, but her family is very adamant about there's no way she would ever leave without telling anybody. Um, and this is kind of like before cell phones. So they were like, there's literally no way she wouldn't have made contact with any of us. So like very quickly within 48 hours, major crimes is involved. Okay. So they never actually find her body, unfortunately. But a few days after she goes missing from this area, they put CCTV footage around this, like, district. um, Because in other countries, we take crime seriously. (laughs) So... Her, she's never found to this day. I, I Spoiler alert, like, she's obviously dead. Uh, in the early hours of June 1996, Jane Rimmer, a 23-year-old from Shenton Park, also disappears from the same area in Claremont. Similar to Sarah, she had been out socializing with her friends that night. Um, her friends wanted to kind of keep going out, but she was like, no, I'm tired. And the line at the club was really long. So she tells her friends she's going to get a taxi home. Um, and she's last seen on security footage at 12.04 a.m. outside of a place called the Continental. 55 days later, August 3rd, 1996, her naked body is found in a bushland near Woolcoot Road by a family who was out picking wildflowers. Nine months later, March 15th, 1997, a 27-year-old lawyer, Sierra Glennon, disappears from the Claremont area. She, like uh, Jane, was standing outside the Continental and decided that she was going to walk home. Three men across the street at a bus stop were sitting there eating burgers, waiting for the bus to come get them to take them home, Mm -hmm. stated that they saw her around 1230 in the morning. They observed her interacting with a light-colored vehicle who had stopped. 19 days later, her semi-clothed body is found by a hiker in a bush about 40 miles away. So it's like kind of back-to-back each of these women. So, like I said earlier, when Sarah disappeared, in pretty much immediately major crimes get involved. Um, the Western Australian government offers a pretty large reward. Um, it was 250000 Australian dollars. I didn't look up what that is for U.S. dollars. We're just going to say it's a lot. More than enough. Um, but it, 
it was the largest ever offered in the state at the time. Wow. So it was de- it was a decent amount. Yeah. Um, initial suspicion initial suspicion is centered on taxi drivers because like similar to what the way they do in like large US cities, like a lot of people drive like gypsy cabs mm-hmm. where it's like their actual car but they're just off duty taxi drivers. Mm-hmm. Um so a massive fingerprint and DNA testing exercise is carried out on the thousands of taxi di- taxi drivers li- licensed, excuse me, licensed in Western Australia. Um, a couple like red flags pop up, but nobody really is like held under like a person of interest. Okay. And the case goes kind of cold. However, they're like the, the investigators of this case are like, there's no way that we have footage of these girls going missing. Um, and like people had come forward and kind of try identified the car. It was a, let the girls were talking to, it was a VS series one Holden Commodore, which it looks like a Volkswagen station wagon, hmm. like the ones with the extended cab. Oh, okay. Like very seventies yeah. looking. Um, it looks like, like, you know, the wood paneled ones. Mm-hmm. It looks like that if it was painted white or like a beige. I love wood paneling on car. I know that's so like retro, but. Really? I know. Nobody else does. <laughs> like nobody even liked them when they were popular. And I'm like, no, it's so Yeah, cool. what? I'm like all for like vintage 70s stuff, but not wood paneling. Oh man, I love it. I remember when I was 16 and I was like trying to convince my dad to buy me a car. And I found an old um, PT Cruiser that had wood paling on the door. And I'm like, Dad, this is such a great car. And he's like, Cheryl, oh my God. this is literally it's... like your grandmother wouldn't even drive this car. And I'm like, why? It's I love so it. ugly. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't buy it. But I love wood paling. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So about 78 of these taxi drivers who pop up on red flags, they're obviously not convicted of this crime, but they do show up with significant criminal history that gets them Mm de-licensed and the taxi service, like whatever you would call it, like the licensing company goes to great, like stricter standards to make sure that like these people are getting stripped of their license, any insignia on the cars, any like the meter readers, like stuff like that. They like go out and make sure that it's not on their car anymore. Okay. So the case, they're like not coming up with any more leads. Uh, and one guy ends up getting like really interested in it. And he actually becomes a person of interest. So this guy, Lance Williams, is identified as the police prime suspect because he starts driving around after midnight circling the Claremont area up to 30 times a night, stopping women and taking them home. Mm -hmm. Um, He gets interviewed. He surveilled a bunch. Police put a bunch of pressure on him over the years, but he always maintains his innocence. Finally, when they start doing DNA testing, because remember, DNA testing is not that old, Mm -hmm. um, they run his DNA and they find out that obviously it's not him. He just was a weirdo who was interested in the case, kind of like us. (laughs) So he uh, is declared no longer a person of interest in 2008, and he dies in 2018 without the case actually being solved. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. So uh, police have... Police decide that they're going to send out questionnaires to people that they think live in the area who might be like suspicious or have like a criminal history. And one of the questions on it is, are you the killer? (laughs) (laughs) So obviously this doesn't really bring a whole lot of evidence to them. What if like a hundred people said yes? I mean, I'm sure people did say yes just to fuck with them yeah. and, like, ruin the investigation. There's always that asshole around there who does it. So critici- the case starts getting crit- criticized. They actually get a lie detector from an international expert, and they start trying to, like, interrogate people, but nothing is really happening. Um... The lead investigator on this case, one of the lead investigators on this case, actually was an officer in the Snowtown investigation. I don't know if you know of that case. Mm, I probably do. I just don't know its name. 
it's 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 really sad. It's this this guy who befriends another guy and they're going to go work in like the Australian outback somewhere and they end up like torturing him and killing him and like leaving him in barrels in the outback. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I just remember watching a documentary on it and being like, what the hell is happening in Australia? You know what I just realized is this is probably going to sound so stupid, but like you have the whole outback to dump a body. Yes. Have you ever seen that movie Wolf Creek? I don't think so, no. Oh my god, it's another scary movie about these kids who are so my one of my old bosses, like from a previous job, was from Melbourne. Yeah. And she like she only she only immigrated to the United States like ten years ago. Like she really hasn't been here that long. And she knew that I was interested in true crime. So, like, sometimes in the office, like, on days where it was just me and her, she would put on, like, different Australian murders. Really? I love it. And there's this movie that's based on a true story called Wolf Creek about these kids who are driving through the outback and they pick up a hitchhiker. Mm Mm-hmm. And he obviously kills them all. But, like, in the most brutal way. And the thing about the outback is it's so large yeah like it takes hours and hours and hours to get through there and there's nothing there if you get lost like <laughs> you are fucked you better learn to live <laughs> off the wilderness like you literally like 12 and hours there's like to figure it out it's not even like the people either it's like there's like dingoes mm-hmm. and like all kinds of wildlife out there that's going to kill you yeah. like you are dead if you get stuck in the outback somebody i was what i think it was a tiktok maybe he was just talking about how, like, national parks here in the States, we don't realize how big they really are. Like, yeah. it's not like a forest. Like, it's a huge national park that takes up, like, half of states and stuff like that. And we just don't think of it that way. But yes. then think of the outback. They- Doesn't it take up, like, the entire continent? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it takes up the majority of it, at least in like the center, because I think all the major cities are pretty much spread coastally, like like relatively coastal. Uh, Correct us if we're wrong, Australian listeners. I have a friend, Sam, who's from New Zealand, and he's listening to this. So why don't you write in and tell us, Sam? I'm just thinking, listen, if ever we get something wrong... We're products of the American public education system, so it's really not our fault. Which clearly sucks. It's like, they don't want to fund it, so, I mean, how are we supposed to learn it? Like, And also, we're from, like, southern states, where they really don't want to fund it. I'm pretty sure Georgia ranked, like, 46th the year I graduated. I think Arizona's, like, 40-something. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> um. Okay, so... Finally, the police start looking into... Telstra employees. So Telstra is like the Australian telecommunications company. Like it takes up the whole country. It's kind of like Qualcomm. Right. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Like the people who like Verizon buys the cell phone towers from Qualcomm. Yeah. Qualcomm owns like the operating system. So they investigate a man named Bradley Robert Edwards, who eventually in 2016 is arrested and subsequently charged with two of the murders. So because they never find Sarah Spears' body, right. um, they can't really, like, charge him of that. Oh. So here's how they catch him, which I thought was the crazy part. So like in the Golden State Killer case where they had all this evidence for so long, but they couldn't really test it right away, they did the same thing. Like, they looked at the way we handed the Golden State Killer, and, like, simultaneously as he was getting... um like, figured out they were starting to do similar stuff in Australia. Oh, cool. So, in 1988, an 18-year-old woman in Huntingdale is, uh, her house is broken into and she's raped. And the, the attacker leaves his DNA on a kimono that was in her house. Like, I guess, like, it was something she was wearing and he took it off her. Right. And another 17-year-old girl in Claremont is also raped in 1995. So they keep the DNA from these two cases and they hold on to it. So by the time that they can start testing DNA, Mm -hmm. he's linked to these two rapes and then they put it together that 
he got in because he works for Telstra. He's like the installation guy. So they figure, oh, that looks like a car similar to what he was driving when those girls were picked up. Okay. The other thing is the third girl who went missing, Sierra, her dad came forward and was like, even if my girl is dead, I know she fought like hell. So they they scrubbed under her fingernails and found DNA from that. Yeah. They connected all the murders together because he had killed them in the exact same way. He stabbed them in the neck um, until they bled out and then he left them in the bush. Mm-hmm. So he is arrested and he applies to be tried just by a judge alone without a jury. So I guess in Australia you can like opt to do that hmm. um his dna obviously matches underneath her fingernails as well as the clothing and dna found from the two rapes one of the main pieces of evidence that telstra uses and that they used in this case were the work vehicles so they find fibers that were in his assigned commodore station wagon hmm. that matched fibers that were on the bodies isn't that insane so, that they can do all that it's still like And also this is like twenty something years later. It still just like blows my mind that we even have this technology. And like if I were a better comedian, I would well, if I were a comedian at all, because I'm not one. But if I could write a good joke, I would just make it about like do you ever feel bad for bad guys? Because they had no idea that there was DNA evidence like fifty years ago. And they're well, over here like I wearing about... gloves just to hide their fingerprints. And meanwhile, they're like leaving DNA and hair and carpet fibers all over the place. No idea. But it also makes me think about all those cases where like because we didn't have DNA testing, they didn't hold on to that stuff. Like yeah. I don't know what it was about this specific case that they were like, we need to hold on this. I mean, it was 20 plus years later. The rape, the first rape occurred in 1988 and he gets his trial in 2020. Yeah. That's 32 years later. I wonder what'll be next, like, after DNA. Because, I mean, DNA yeah. is pretty rock solid, but it's not, like, perfect. But they improve upon it all it. the time. Do what? Yeah. Yeah. They improve upon it all the time, though. Yeah. I wonder, I just wonder if there'll be something else that comes next. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It, I mean, it's so fascinating. So, he... He opts for a trial by a judge alone. Um, Obviously, the judge hears all this information. He denies absolutely everything. He says that he was never there. He doesn't know any of these women. He doesn't know how his uh, DNA got under that girl's fingernails. He admits to the rapes because he tries to use this saying like, yes, I did rape those girls, but I'm not a killer. Therefore, my DNA is under her fingernails because the DNA is contaminated and they're trying to pin this on me. That's his like whole defense. Jerk. So the trial takes about seven months of hearings and evidence from more than 200 witnesses. Um, The justice on this case sentenced him. The trial ends September 24th, 2020 on the final day of the trial. The judge sentence him to the max sentence which is life imprisonment with the possibility of parole after 40 years so in the australian justice system they don't say like life without parole they have to give it to you the longest they cannot give it to you is 40 years I guess I however due to his hate that because it, ma- um, it makes you revisit the case Yes. So I do appreciate but that, but sometimes I feel like, like there are certain up. cases. Yeah, there are certain cases where you're like, no, enough is enough. Yeah. But so yeah. It, the judge, the last thing he says, let me pull up this quote really, really quick because I thought this was like so fascinating. The last thing he says. Three innocent young women were killed along with the hopes and dreams they never got to fulfill. Brad. Bradley Edwards can now be, now be called for what he is, a brutal rapist and murderer. It is highly likely that he will die in prison. Good. And that's the story of the Claremont killer. So is he still alive in prison today? Yes. Yeah, so that was in, that he officially got sentenced December 23rd. So the trial ended September 2020. He was sentenced December 2020. 
Okay. So he's still in prison, but he was born in 68. So he's not, he's not getting out. He's 50 something years old. Yeah. 52 or close to it, I guess. Yeah. Is he like sick or anything or suffering or? No, unfortunately not. I fucking wish. Mm. They were just out with their friends. Yeah. And I think about this. It's like. It really bothers me that, like, I feel like every time you turn on the news, there's always a story about a drunk girl that gets into the wrong Uber or that gets in the right Uber and the Uber driver takes advantage of her or rapes her or kills her or whatever it is. And it's like the solution to that is always go with a friend or always call somebody or always confirm the driver's license plates. And it's like, no, the solution to that is to stop raping women or attacking them or assaulting yes, them or killing like, them. Yes, like why do we put it on women's responsibility for them to be the ones to protect themselves? Why can't men just not be fucking assholes? Yeah, because like, here's what they did wrong. Nothing. They went out to a bar with their friends and got drinks. Wearing a short skirt is not a crime. Wearing lipstick is not a crime. Getting drunk is not a crime. Being out after midnight is not a crime. What is a crime? Taking a taxi home without a friend is not a crime. Exactly. (laughs) It's assault is a crime. If I lock, if I forget to lock my back door at night and somebody comes in and robs me, they still robbed me. It's not my fault. They did something wrong. And it just pisses me off. I do appreciate, though, that within, like, 48 hours, they were, like, we're putting CCTV footage in, and we're going to, like, interview all these cab drivers and, like, make it stricter for them to be able to drive around and stuff like that. Like, I appreciate that, but... immediate reaction when something bad happens. Yes, like, as it should be. However, those... That should have already been there. There should have already been CCTV footage there... There should have already been stricter laws in place for cab drivers. Like, why would you want a serial rapist to be your fucking Uber driver? Like, come on. Yeah. That's like common sense. Maybe it's one of those, like, you don't know until it happens or. Yeah. There's too much other stuff that needs to be focused on first. So we're not going to focus on something that's not bothering anybody or, you know, like these leftover laws that are like absolutely ridiculous, but nobody pays any attention to them because they're not really applicable anymore. Yeah. I get that. That's still so terrible. But I'm glad that he was caught and I'm glad that he's in jail. Suffering in jail. Me freaking too. I'm glad that it they finally I like that I like when cases like this get solved a little bit later. Like we did that other episode on because mm-hmm. it gives me hope for other cases too. Yeah. And especially like that families will eventually find closure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most important part to me. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Uh, I hope your story's lighter. <laughs> it is much lighter. Um, it's actually an unsolved mystery. And it's <gasps> one that I sort of hinted at a while ago. Okay. It's the Trump family disappearance. Oh. And it's also in Australia. Do you watch Unsolved Mysteries? <laughs> So I've seen episodes of it. I haven't seen like the whole thing, like sat down and just binged it. Um, but I have seen episodes of it. Have you seen the the new one that Netflix has like produced? No. Ooh, it's so good, dude. But really? it's it's so frustrating because like I know the show is called Unsolved Mysteries, but why don't they solve the mystery? It's like how does it not solved? I don't understand. Yes, because some of them are like very obvious. They just don't have the evidence to like do it. But there's a couple of them on there right. where you're like, what the hell, dude? Well, some are like, there's some unsolved. That, like, we have the answer. You know, like, the Black Dahlia, it's definitely that Dr. George What's-His-Face that botched her abortion and killed her. Yeah. Right? Or, like, uh, JonBenet Ramsey. It's definitely, well, there's a couple arguments, but it's definitely somebody in her family that did it. Yes. Right? It's like, we have all this evidence. So those are less, like, unsolved to me, but this one's just totally unsolved. There's no leads. All right, so let me break down the Trump family for you real quick. Okay. 
All right, so we've got Dad, Mark, he's 51, and there's Mom, Jacoba, she's 53. And then they have three adult children, Rihanna, who's 29, Mitchell, 25, Ella, 22. Okay. Okay. They all live and work together on the family berry farm in Sylvan, Australia, which just sounds so quaint and wholesome, a little berry farm. And then on Monday, August 29th, 2016, they all pack into a car and they flee the family farm without a trace, only to return days later with no explanation and no reason why. Okay. They left behind cell phones, credit cards, and passports. The house was unlocked, but it was in disarray. It appeared they had gone through years of financial records before leaving. And one of the officers is quoted as saying that the piles were very ordered and they were clearly looking for something. This is at their house? At their house. So they disappear and it's very quickly realized that like they're gone. So the police go to investigate and the door is wide open and nobody's home. So they think something's bad's happened. So they go in to start digging around. And so the house is like messed up. Like, it's been rampaged through, but, like, all the paperwork is in very neat files, and they find Uh, all of the family's belongings in there. That's so creepy. Right? So, they left behind all of their cell phones, except for the son, Mitchell. He took his, and 19 miles into the trip, the parents realize he still has his phone, and they make him throw it out the window and keep driving. Okay. I can't, like, mute it, otherwise it disconnects the recording. No, no, it's fine, because I can take it all out. (laughs) Okay, sorry. So they originally drive 500 miles through the first day and night to Bathurst, which is, like, north of where they're at. Okay. Um, And then on Tuesday, which is the next day, Mitchell leaves the family at 7 a.m., so he breaks off. The rest of the family travels to the Janolan Caves, and there... Daughters Rihanna and Ella steal a car and they break off from their parents. So they're now in three separate groups. Okay. They drive a few hours to Goulburn where they report their parents missing. They stop at a police station, report their parents missing. And then from there, the daughters also split up. So now they're all split up except for the parents. A local man, Keith Whitaker, is driving in his Ford pickup truck. When he feels a kick in the back of his seat, he pulls over and he finds Rihanna catatonic in the back seat, not knowing her name or location, calls the police and has her admitted to a hospital. Okay. She has no idea how she got there. She can't explain it. Ella, who is split off, returns home and finds the police at the house. And this is the first interview or the first time the police gets to speak with anybody of the family. And she like she's got nothing for them. She's like, I don't know why we left. I don't I don't know what to tell you. There's no reason. I don't know where my family is. She has nothing for them. Okay. The next day is Wednesday and Mitchell arrives home via train. So he's been train hopping because he doesn't have any cash on him. And he has the same story. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know where the rest of my family is. I don't know how that works. Because I feel like whenever I take a train that isn't the subway, they're so strict about, like, checking tickets. Yeah, train hopping to me sounds like something from, like, the Great Depression. You know? Like, I don't see how you can actually still do that. But maybe you can. Or maybe you just sneak around. Or, um... I know, like, I took a train from New York to Boston one time. And I just boarded with my ticket on me they didn't check it when i boarded and then they would walk around and check the tickets so i guess maybe if you were really strategic you could like hide in a bathroom at the right time or hide in the wrong train like i don't really know yeah you'd have to like really be paying attention yeah all right so ella and mitchell are now home rihanna is in this like hospital catatonic doesn't know where she's at so parents, Mark and Jacoba, they drive from the Ginelin Cave back down towards Wangretta, where they also split off, Jacoba okay. heading north and Mark staying in Wangretta. So there, a young couple is driving down the road. They're playing Pokemon Go when they start being followed by another car. And then that goes from being followed to them being tailgated to the car like bumping into the back of their bumper. And this car is the same make, model, and color of the car that Mark was last seen driving. Hmm. The driver of the car, 
reports that the person behind him was so close that he couldn't even see the taillights from the car. Like, that's how close he was following. So he pulls over, and the car tailgating them also pulls over, and the man inside gets out of the car and starts running towards them before stopping suddenly in the middle of the road, staring at them through the headlights, but he can't really see anything. And then he walks into the woods of Wangretta Marua Park, and just disappears. No, bye. Bye. No, thank you. Leaves the car behind and everything. No, thank you. It's aliens. I'll be leaving now. <laughs> the police come search the woods. There's no sign of him. But then they begin searching around local establishments, and they learn that a dollar store, as well as a nearby motel, have both been broken into. And so they connect it to this crime. And they all believe that it's connected back to Mark. So on Thursday, so they went missing on Monday. It's now Thursday. Jacoba, the mom, takes a train up north a little ways, and she tries to book a motel. But she doesn't have her ID on her, and she doesn't have any cash. And she starts, like, sort of freaking out. She wants to get this hotel room. Nobody's helping her. She doesn't really know where she is very well. Um, And she can't – she just wants, like, a room to go in and chill out, and she can't get in it. So Mm -hmm. a local – person sort of notices like senses her distress and decides to escort her to a nearby hospital where staff immediately recognize her and they call the police okay so friday passes now it's saturday september 3rd mark is found wandering down a road near the airport in wangretta he is immediately the police are called they are they question him they give him a mental health assessment because by now this is like a media circus like the entire country or area or whatever it is they're all looking for him this is headline news they all know that something's going on they're all splitting up and something's wrong so he's taken to the police he's given this mental health assessment and when he's being escorted out by the by the police there's like a slew of photographers waiting there for him And he flips him the bird on the way out. What? But he does later apologize for it. Okay. So on Sunday, Mitchell and Ella, who are the two kids that are at home, they go on camera and they thank the police and the media for finding their father. They give no other details about the case. All family members eventually return home less than a week after they first leave. But no explanation is ever given. What? Police sergeant... Mark Knight reported saying that there was no recorded history of mental illness in the family, no sign of drug use, no sign of outstanding debts among the family records, and the family was not associated with a church or cult that they could find. There's never an explanation. When asked in media and news coverage, members of the Trump family simply say that they were all under an intense amount of stress. Mark told the Sydney Morning Herald I am conscious of the burden these events have placed upon our extended family, friends, and the community resources devoted to our age, to our aid. Without reservation, I apologize for the hurt and concern caused by these events. Okay. And that is the story of the Trump family disappearance. Wait, what? So let's get into some theories. That because was there's lots of theories. Okay, I was like, what? <laughs> that's the whole story. Like that's it. And the family, like they're alive here. Like this was, was only say, sixty years still- ago that this happened. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. And so any interview, they always just say, well, we can't really explain it. We don't really know. We were just under a lot of stress. We weren't intending to hurt anybody. We appreciate everybody's concern. We're sorry we wasted people's time and money. They never give an explanation, though. So the first theory um, is that it's an environmental reason that there was mold spores, pesticide, carbon monoxide, some other toxin on the farm that they all occupied, and it somehow just muddled their minds and sent the entire family into a state of delusion. No. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of that. There's no history of this. There's no, like, doctor visits or anything. Um, If it happened once, it would have happened again. I feel like this would have made it into the news somehow. Or they would have, like, literally found the source. And been like, hey, we have mold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that's not a secret to keep. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we were being poisoned. So you just say that. So the second theory, this is more of like an internet theory, but it's mob connections. 
And this one I have a little trouble with because it's just a little too specific. I think just like money troubles would have been more sufficient. Okay. But basically the idea is like they got in bad with the wrong people or they made some bad investments. They made some bad promises and basically they just took off. But then because of the media circus, it caused too much commotion. So they had to return. And then due to the tension, whoever was actually after them either left them alone or backed off or they find a way to settle it quietly much later okay um that's a more believable to me than the environmental it it makes sense however i don't think that's the way the mafia rolls (laughs) yeah that's why i don't think it would be like the mob i just think maybe bad investments in general yeah okay that's a little more believable but it's still not my favorite so the third option is a case of fully ado Now, this is a French term that means madness of two, which I love because it's, you know, it rhymes. But it basically is a rare psychological condition in which two people sort of reinforce their own paranoia or delusions. It's almost like a group think or like a mob mentality situation, but it's only two people or a handful of people. And the majority of folie adieu cases consist of romantic partners, a parent or a child, or siblings. And so... The whole family is two out of three. Okay. And to further support this theory, Ella is later quoted saying, it is very confusing. I still feel confused. I think her state of mind wasn't in the best place and there's no reason for it. It's bizarre. I think it's aliens. So the fourth theory is aliens. (laughs) That there's no explanation (laughs) that it's aliens that abducted them or... Uh, mind controlled them and that's that i don't know about the mind control but i definitely think it's aliens only because there is another unsolved mystery about a town in massachusetts where every like a bunch of people experience the same phenomenon and none of them have like met each other hmm and, like, still to this day, 60 years later, like, they're interviewing these people and they're like, do you know these other people? They're like, no. But they all tell the exact same story. It's a good Ooh, episode of Unsolved Mysteries. But Ooh, look it up. I am an, I believe in aliens, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Not, like, little green men hanging out, but, like, I definitely think there's, like, other life on other planets. Yeah. So, I believe that. I mean... The Southwest is a like crazy place too. I mean, my mom has seen a UFO. Didn't they? I feel like they just. I think I read a thing that said they just changed the name of UFO. Really? Yeah, it's called. Hold on, let me Google it real quick. What do you think? Do you think it's aliens? Um. Man, I swear they just changed the name of it. Into terrestri- extraterrestrial. Do you think it's aliens? What What is your theory? It's unidentified aerial phenomenon. I hate it. I like UFO better. Yeah. No, I don't think it's aliens. Um, not that I don't believe in aliens, but I just don't. I'm not going to eliminate the possibility that aliens exist in this world. I do think that there's other life forms on other planets, but like... I don't know. The idea of more intelligent life or like a, a, not more, but just like intelligent life in general. Yeah. I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to say it definitely doesn't exist. I just have a harder time buying it. So what do you think happened to these people then? So I, I go back and forth between either the money connections or the fully ado. The money makes sense to me um it's more easy to explain i think um because they all worked on the same farm together so they all sort of had the same source of income yeah and when i say a farm i mean this thing's like a big farm it's not like five acres you know what i mean um and like how all the financial records were like neatly stacked it's like they said everything was accounted for and it's almost to me it's like it's a little suspicious in a way that the entire house is ransacked except for the financial papers and everything is accounted for almost as if 
nothing, anything out of order was taken to lose suspicion. Okay. Um, you think but then they I also could think... have done it themselves to like whatever. Like, okay, if it, it really was like money trouble and they're trying mm-hmm. to get out of a bad situation, do you think that they could have pretended to be like ransacked and then have this weird like fugue state? Um, no, because I feel like you don't get any money out of that. If anything, I would have, like, if that were the case, if I were in their shoes, I would have purposely damaged part of the farm or, like, burnt something down to get insurance money. Okay. I feel like that makes more sense. Um, the folia do also makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, and sorry, going back to the money problems. I feel like that's also something that could have been solved quietly like off camera like if it's a sort of underhand type thing like there's no official records of it something like that that could be why we're just still here waiting for an answer okay um and then folia do also gives the same vibes like i it's a theory that really makes sense. I don't like it because it's, like, impossible to prove. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, like, the one daughter was found, like, in a catatonic state. Um, I feel like there's just this overall sense of paranoia. Why would the father be behaving in such a strange way with that other car? Um, you know, just the way that the one daughter was quoted saying, like, it's confusing. I still feel confused. It's all bizarre. Um, I feel like if you were going to run away, you would come up with a better story than we don't have a story. Like if this is a pre-planned thing, you, you try to come up with an alibi ahead of time. Yeah. And it, I just feel like not having a story isn't a great story. So I sort of go back and forth between the two. I will say I think there's more to this story than what is being released through the police and the press. Um, so I'd be interested to see like what key points and evidence that entails to see if any of those puzzle pieces fit, fit together. I was going to say, um, I think that. I, th- I, I think there's more than we don't know. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but as of right now, the police say that there are no charges um, aside from... I think the dad got something for breaking into the motel. Okay. But there are no further charges. And the police say that this is simply a family affair. And that's that. Damn, now we got to do an alien theme next. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what I would pick. That Unsolved Mysteries episode. Some. I'll let you do that yeah. Unsolved Mysteries episode. Oh, now I'm going to go watch a bunch. Um, oh, so speaking of which, I for this one, I relied pretty heavily on a BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, that I watched on this case that it was the first thing I ever saw on this case. And that's what sort of piqued my interest. Okay. Um, but then I also followed up with a ranker article and a BBC article online. The BBC knows what's up, man. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. I'm glad we ended on yours. Yours was much, much lighter. <laughs> it's wild. It's so short, but it's like, what is going on? Where were you? And also how did this happen in 2016? You know, this is stories that you hear about happening in like 1860. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because it's There's Indians. a conspiracy. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. I actually feel good ending this episode now. Normally we end this, I'm like, wow, this fucking sucked. <laughs> I know. Or we talk about current events, which there's plenty of terrible current events. But I honestly, I think we could just let them go. I think enough. Yeah, I was like, I can't talk about current events. I'll cry. I feel like enough has been said on social media over the last two weeks discussing current events we all know what they are we all you know have how we feel bag of emotions about them yeah we can just uh my positive on. recommendation for the week everybody go see top gun maverick oh it was so good i've so never even seen the original i saw the original a couple weeks ago and then i saw the new one i'm not into action movies at all but damn this is yeah. a good movie <laughs> that will be the positive positive outcome for this week yeah, and you don't need to. Do you hear Winona? <laughs> I know Peaches is pacing around too. The pets are like, "Come on, you guys." 
She's like scratching her little scratching pose. Going to town on that thing. Um, also on Maverick, uh, you don't have to have seen the original to enjoy this movie. And oh, yeah. So I really liked it. But the original one's good, too. If you if you can't go to the theater, I think the original one's like on Netflix or HBO or something. Oh, I love it. I just get funny. I find it funny on like how everybody's just now discovering Miles Teller. He's like on so TikTok, hot. all the like Gen Zers are like, oh my God, Miles Teller, like the scene on the beach with him dancing. And I'm like, girl, we've been knowing him. He's so fine. I can't. That beach scene, though, they're not wrong. That beach scene. They're not like... wrong. I mean, that is pretty Oh hard. my God. <laughs> I remember him in like Everybody... the original, or not the original, but the remake of Footloose. And he's like the, gorf- the goofy, dorky side character. He looks so different. Yeah, he does. He looks like a little baby, which, I mean, he was probably like 20 when he filmed Footloose, and now he's yeah. like 30 or something. You know what? Everybody just go look up the beach scene. You don't even need to watch the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Right. And he was in Project X. Do you remember that movie? Oh, my God. It was him. Yeah, because they're all oh. like, we have to impress Miles Teller. He's got to come. I didn't even get. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Maybe I'll God, I forgot movie. that movie existed. Now, honestly, I kind of don't want to rewatch it because now I'd be like, "The hell is wrong with you people?" Like no. your parents paid good money for that house, and I you're know. just ruining oh, that it. car in the pool. I was like, yes. "Oh no!" I'd be How like, do you- "Sweet baby angels, please go to bed and go to school, and don't like, you've plenty of time to party. Don't do it right now." Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Find us on uh, Crime Street Podcast. You know yeah, we're on Instagram and TikTok. And we'd love to see you there. Tell us your theories. And tell us if you believe in aliens. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, y'all. Bye. Bye.